Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. So, Erica, prior to recording, Erica told me I have to speak louder in the microphone today, which is going to be dangerous for everybody, I would say. Your, your waveform was not showing up on, in which Audacity. Which is shocking, because I rarely have that problem. I know. Mine's a little bigger than yours. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> whoa, 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 Erica. <laughs> now you're just getting personal here. Uh, this is GleeCast. It is fueled by a little bit of alcohol. We haven't, we've only started. We only just started I don't drinking. know that we're going to have any effect, and I know that is something everybody appreciates, but... Um, both of our beers are not overly high alcohol content wise, but I haven't uh, eaten that much. So I haven't that. either. I had a bowl of cereal with blueberries. So we do, we have a chance. We have a chance folks. By the I end of this episode, things could happen. A muffin and some yogurt. So very good. I had what I thought was the natural healthy version of Captain Crunch. It's called like Honey Sunshine and it's one of those like cashy brands and it looks like Captain Crunch. So I'm like, ooh, I found a healthy form of Captain Crunch, but it tastes like healthy cereal. Oh, boo. So it was very deceptive, and I was not happy with that. Have I told you about the Chobani Flip yet? Oh. That yogurt? Oh, my God. Oh, it's so The good. ones with the corners? Yeah, with the corner where you pour it in. That's how you do it? Yeah. I've been sitting there with a spoon at work no. trying to, like, dig it up, and I can never get everything, and it's, it's really... Flip. And then when nobody looks, I take and I take, like, my finger, and I stick it in, and I... That, that sounded dirty at taken out of context. Um, yeah, no, no. And they're so much better they're than regular so Chobani. Good. I can't eat just Chobani yogurt now. I have to get the flip. I know. Me, too. They're Which ones so do you like? Um, I like key lime. I haven't had that one. Oh, it's really good. I didn't think I would like it, because I don't think I like key lime Yeah, I'm pie. not usually the biggest fan. Mm, it's really good, though. Okay. Um, I like the raspberry. The raspberry is my favorite. Um, I like the coconut. The coconut with, oh, oh yes, yes, yep. yes, yeah. <laughs> Any of the ones with chocolate. And there's one more that I I had really the like. honey banana one. Oh, the peach one is good. We haven't had the peach the one. The peach with pistachios and dark chocolate. Yes, I did have that one, and it was really delicious. Good. The I, honey banana one's a little disappointing. Yeah, the honey banana one didn't have chocolate, so I didn't buy and it. And the problem, too, and I have the same problem with with just honey chibani, is I would rather just pour real honey in my Chobani okay. and then it tastes better so um, I don't feel like I need to do that flip I also had the one with the um, it basically honey bunches of oats I forget what okay. the flavor it is uh, yeah I saw it and it looked boring and healthy so I did not yeah, choose for it, was, it. I, it has um, candied pista- uh, pecans in it Okay. So I thought it was going to be really good, but yeah, there weren't but no. the pecan to cornflake mm. ratio wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. I and I had bought three of them because I thought I was going to really like them. So uh, I always do like one of each to test. And yeah, then... I did one of each to test, and then I found that one after the fact, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I like all the rest. I'm really going to like this one. But get key lime. Key lime. I will try good. the key lime. Okay. Okay. Um, this so episode brought to you by, brought to you by Chibani Chibani Flips. <laughs> Once you go flip, you ain't never going back. Uh, so we are here today to talk about the last episode of season four titled, oh shit, I don't even know what the title All the or nothing. was. Okay, sure. I guess. <laughs> that makes sense. Or not. Um, so we're going to talk about that episode. Um, we're going to also, it's the finale of our Gleecast season, so we're going to do our top and bottom six songs for the season. A very difficult list this year for various yeah. reasons. Um, before we get to both of those things, and we got loads of feedback uh, that we will get to. We might be more sober when we get to that. We'll see. Um, but we're going to start off. We had kind of hinted at it last week. Um, but now we are ending season four, obviously. Going forward with Gleecast, we've we've been talking about it. And we are going to change format significantly, if you will. Yes. Um, so beginning, we don't quite know when we're going to start this. Probably like September. Okay. All right. Right. Well, around there, maybe. Okay. It depends. We didn't talk everything out of Netflix cues with this. Um, but essentially 
Um, yeah, we're we're having a hard time, and I'm sure you have all heard it in our voices and discussion. It has become a hard thing to watch Lee uh, for the show and discuss it for the show. Yeah. Um, I've lost all enjoyment. Yeah, and I think it, it's it's a bit of a, a chore for Erica. <laughs> and I, you know, and I don't think either one of us wants to dread having to... It's not... We enjoy recording. Yeah. Recording we love doing. We like talking to each other. I mean, yeah. we're friends. Right, so it works out for, you know, various reasons. Um, but, you know, it is... It's become more work to watch Glee and then talk about Glee. Uh, when we know that there are other things we could talk about for a podcast and hope that, you know, you out there and others enjoy listening to us talk about. Yes. Um, so going forward for season five, uh, we're going to change our format to cover less glee and more just other stuff, uh, primarily musicals. Yes, and, and dancing or films with sweet dance moves. A sweet dance as moves. Our promo. Yeah, that's right. Says. So we, we, we did say it way back when. Um, so the, the plan, we have kind of rough plans, which is Erica and I are both, I mean, I've always been a huge musical fan. But I don't have the past musical knowledge that Emily has. Right. So one of the uh, things we're going to probably do a lot of is one week, um, we'll probably do pri- mostly movies, I think. Yeah. And it will pretty much be one week I pick a movie for the two of us to watch and discuss. Yes. And then when we Erica pick something for us to watch and discuss. Whereas I think Emily's focus will be more exposing me to older classic mm-hmm. musicals. And by classic, I obviously mean a lot of 80s stuff, too. <laughs> um, it's like 30 years old now, so yeah. seriously. Um, and my focus, I'm going to try and shift into newer kind of so bad it's good Cool kids stuff, <laughs> you might say. Are we going to watch, like, You Got Served and Honey? Oh, my God. I hope so. We can do those things. I've never seen either of them. Neither have I. I, don't wanna, I hate Actually. Jessica Alba, though. Is there, like, a, a, um, a straight-to-DVD sequel? Wait, what about that Antonio Banderas movie <gasps> where he taught kids to, to dance? from America's Next Top Model. Yeah. Oh, God. What was it called? I don't know. I'll Duh. look it up. Okay. That's going to bother me now. It's, We're like, a dance lesson or something. Um, yeah, so these are the kinds of things that you can look forward to hearing. Um, it's funny, I was just uh, talking to Brandon earlier about the movie Once, which I know you haven't seen, and that's a newer one. Nope. And I would probably put that on the list. Um, Jason and I have been dying to do a Chorus Line episode, so we can always so bring him join in for that for one. That. Uh, and then, you know, all of these, you know, Rogers and Hammerstein and all that stuff, that poor little... Remember, Erica's a year younger than me, so <laughs> so much less experienced in the world. Absolutely. And we're going to give her an education. Hopefully give you folks at home an education. Um, we do hope, and I, I understand if, you know, and the plan, I am still going to watch Glee on a weekly basis. I am yet undecided. Erica's still undecided. Um, so what we'll do, uh, we don't have a recording schedule worked out because another thing that happens when you cover a TV show that becomes very difficult is you really only have seven days to record it before, you know, people stop wanting to hear it or it becomes a little out of date. Um, And that's tough just because, you know, Eric and I, we don't live near each other. We have different work schedules that don't always allow us the same days off, essentially. Um, So we're going to kind of go roughly every two weeks is our kind of goal to begin with. We'll see. We might be able to do more. We might end up doing less. But that's the rough plan. Um, And so with that, regarding Glee, we'll be whenever we record... I know I'll probably have stuff to say about Glee up to that point. So we'll still talk about it a little bit. Um, but we're not going to be doing the strict coverage that we do. 
Um, and if you still want to talk about Glee, then you're more than welcome to use the Gleecast Facebook page. Absolutely. Because yeah. we'll still answer and respond over there. And um, if you still want to send feedback about the films that we're covering, then that's always more than welcome also. Because mm-hmm. we'll always try and announce in advance what we're going to cover. Yeah. So absolutely. that if you have feedback, you could still send it to the same Gleecast mm-hmm. email. We're going to keep the name Gleecast because we're still doing gleeful things gleeful it's, it's a loose interpretation and, and there's you know we're gonna try to work the jason had a good idea which was with the we can call us gorgeous ladies emily and erica <laughs> cast hey, hey, hey we'll we'll figure out the details. rebranding yeah we're, we're working on it it's just like when sci-fi became siffy if yeah. you will and you know that worked out for them it did i doubted it and i made fun of it just like everybody else but it ultimately i mean sharknado enough said sharknado yeah biggest like hit of the year who saw that coming come on come on not me no no uh i watched about five minutes of it i enjoyed it but at the same time like it's one of those and this makes me sound like such a hipster but it's one of those, like, I've been watching movies like Sharknado my whole life, and nobody ever thought I was cool. But now that the whole world watches it, it's a thing. It's no damn you, Sharktopus. Oh, it's no Sharktopus. It's, and it's no Shark Attack 3 Megalodon, which, if you haven't watched those YouTube clips, people Shark get alum. on it. Shark Alarm. All those things and more. So that's where we are going forward. Um, would you like to announce our first episode with a new format? What have we decided? Yes, yes, I will. Um... You know, we wanted to ease everybody into this transition, Mm -hmm. so we're not going to stray that far from things that we've done in the past, and we are going to cover Step Up for Revolution. Revolution! Or as we like to call it, Step Up for Your Rights. Right. That's right. (laughs) So... Look out for that. We'll keep you updated on the the Facebook page Mm -hmm. about when we're going to be releasing that. And um, that's our big announcement. That's what we've got. Mm -hmm. At least it's not a cat show. I suppose. Wait, wait. We didn't... Well... We haven't. Is there a movie version of Cats? There is a. There was a PBS. They did the thing There's where they recorded a production of okay, it. Well, clearly we're gonna have to. So we might just have to watch that. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um. That reminds me, folks. If you know any musicals involving cats singing, please, please let us send know. it to us so we can as soon as possible. That. Yeah. We could do, just do a bonus episode about cats and all the things we love about we them. We could. I have cats on my shirt today. You, you do? Have, oh, my God. Those are cute. Aren't they? They are. Yes, they're little, cute. I you had, move yeah, don't break my TV. Yeah. You had a cat on your lap earlier until... Yeah, we are in the same room for once, which is rare. Yeah, very rare. Um, I am leaning against my new couch, which one cat's on. Mookie was on Erica's lap until he decided mm-hmm. he was a cat Attacked and me. wanted to be moody and then started biting her. So I'm sitting on a futon on the floor up against Emily's TV, which I just almost moved. Yeah, one of these days we'll get rid of that futon, but cats really like it. But they do this thing where, you see, it's a futon cushion, so it's as long as a bed. It's a long cushion. And um, when one of them sits on the corner, they only sit on that corner of it, and the other one will try to kick them off, even though it's a giant futon, and they can all sit anywhere, but that's not the way cats work. King of the mountain. Yeah. All right, so why don't we delve into episode 22 of season four? Yes, all or nothing. All right, here we go. The glee clap. Ahem. It's that time of the season again as McKinley heads to regionals with some original music and other standard dance-heavy tunes. Before that, everyone's facing their own issues. Brittany turning diva after being admitted to MIT, Blaine ring-shopping to propose to his ex-boyfriend, Kurt, and Ryder demanding a catfish reveal. Marley attempts to confess, but it turns out that she's covering for Wade, much to the anger and confusion of Ryder. On stage, New Directions triumphs once again and celebrates with a Will-Emma wedding while Rachel awaits the verdict on her role in Funny Girl. Brittany S. Pierce said goodbye. That far away not, Will and Emma finally did tie. And the catfish story finally did die. And that's what you missed on Glee. Yes, nailed it. Did, because we could see each other. Look at each other when we do it. 
All right, so this episode was written by Ian Brennan and directed by Bradley Buecher, who's directed a whole lot of Glee. And Ian Brennan, obviously one of the creators. All right, and let's start with the plot. Why don't we start with Brittany? Okay, then. Um, so Brittany, it uh, was hinted at last week that um, she, MIT was interested in her because she, her SAT scores were perfect and turns out she might be like a secret genius kind of thing. We don't really know. It's not really clear, but she's going to MIT. She kind of turns like a div into a diva for the episode because she's really freaked out that she's leaving. And then she has a very sweet and sad goodbye to everybody. She does. I'm sorry. I just got emails that I, I just closed a bunch of credit cards that were paid off. And mm-hmm. I got emails that I have finance charges on them. I'm very concerned about that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I got those emails. We but are also anyway, going to give tax advice going forward yes, with yes, the new, with the new uh, format. Um, anyway, um, I... What did I think about Britney's storyline? What did you Well, think in real about life, we knew Heather Morris right, was pregnant. pregnant. So, you know, it didn't mean she had to leave the show forever, but was probably going to be busy for the first couple of episodes filming. Um, I mean, it was. T- I think it was time for Britney to go. They could certainly have worked her into the New York story, which presumably they're going to do with Artie. Right. Uh, I'm kind of surprised they didn't just because she is such a big part of Glee and a popular part of Glee. I would have liked having continued to have her in a different setting. I think she had grown stale at McKinley because there were only oh, so many jokes you could do with the same people. But putting her in a different situation, like, you know, working as a pole dancer in New York could have been fun. <laughs> but that's not the way they chose to go. So I, you know, in the end, I liked the resolution because I thought it was a really sweet goodbye scene. Um, it was, it, I kind of, actually, I was surprised. It was the first time in a really long time that Glee made me tear up a bit. And I, I, there weren't, the, the yeah. tears didn't hit the ground, but no, there was a welling. There was welling, but it also felt a little, I don't know, because no one else, did anyone else get that goodbye? Well, nobody else has left. I, I don't know that we've ever had a character leave the show where we know the, the actor is not coming back. Right, and that bothered me, because like, well, Mercedes isn't coming back next year, and like, who else? <laughs> There's multiple people who aren't coming back next year, and they didn't get goodbye. Well, like, look at Puck, who's not coming unfair. back, and Puck we haven't even seen for half a year. Yeah, and he never got a goodbye. It feels very unfair. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know. I too often with TV shows because contracts are negotiated after a season ends. Often, you never get that goodbye. So it's just you come back next season. And it's like, hey, where's your roommate? Oh, they they moved out. Oh, but that was a re- really big part of storyline and character. So I I was fine with having this kind of goodbye to Brittany and Heather Morris, essentially, who was a really big part of Glee, I think, and influential in in where it ended up, for better and worse. Okay. I guess I'll accept that. Yeah. I do. Uh, I, I, I do like Brittany. I like Heather Morris. Yeah, I do, too. I, I mean, I hope she... Um, I hope she continues to find work in things I want to see. That's I guess a is where that goes. Good statement. Yeah. So, well, because I mean, she could. I'm sure she'll be working, but you know, I hope it's something I actually will care to watch. And you know, I think she was kind of a surprise actress. Right. Yeah. She was a dancer. They didn't expect her to. Yeah. She do got what cast she did. for her dancing, and then they were kind of like, "Oh, you know, you delivered that line well. Let's see what else we can do with you." So I would look forward to seeing her continue. Okay. All right, why don't we move on to Blaine, who's apparently still going to propose. 
Yeah. Despite even Sam, who is considered one of the dumber characters on Glee, saying, dude, don't do this. Don't do that. Uh, nope. it's still going to propose. And we're going to give him an older couple that supports his decision. Yes. Now, this was big stunt casting because you had Meredith Baxter and Patty Duke. Yep. Um, on one hand, I appreciate what they were trying to do. They were trying to introduce... Um, another, and granted, as soon as I say this, I'm like, you know, they were trying to introduce a, a gay couple. Oh, wait, what about Rachel's dads? But anyway. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to kind of show, and they were also trying to make a, like a marriage equality political statement, which is fine, except you're preaching to the choir because if you watch Glee, you, you support, support marriage that. Equality. Yeah. And um, basic human civil rights. Exactly. So you have Meredith Baxter and Patty Duke, who are cute and Adorable. fine and charming. Great. But shouldn't be supporting that an 18-year-old should propose to his to non-boyfriend. His, to his ex-boyfriend. <laughs> exactly. It's not even like, oh, you know, we're really in love and we just, you know, we want to make a statement. It's like, no, you're not even together. And I think, there, I think Blaine at one point kind of has a speech about like, well, you don't understand what it's, I think what he says it to Sam, right? He's like... You know, it's, it was different for you and Brittany because, like, you haven't been denied that right. Blaine, you're 18. You legally couldn't get married until a week ago. So you haven't been denied that right either. Mm-hmm. So it was annoying. And oh, blah, blah, blah. grumble, grumble. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Not happy about that. Uh, moving on. Moving on. All right. So we got Catfish. Ugh. I mean, there was nobody left for it to be except the character we first all thought it was. Yeah. Uh, it's Wade, Ryder freaks out, and then somehow, like, well, he's like, I'm leaving the Glee Club. It's like, okay. Okay. And then he's like, no, I'm I'm coming to perform, but then I'm out. But then he had, like, a moment while they were singing. Oh, I don't know if I caught the moment. Or no, he, when they won, he hugged Unique. You're right, you're right, okay. And it's kind of like, well, (sighs) way to be indecisive, writer. I mean, what it comes down to is Glee doesn't know how to write characters that it doesn't understand. Um, If this makes sense, Glee had, had no problem writing Bert Hummel, the supportive dad of a gay kid. It has no trouble writing... Um, uh, characters that support gay rights or characters that learn it doesn't it never really had to deal with a character like Ryder who's not a bad guy you know we know Ryder's a nice guy nice kid but he's also a teenager in, Ho- in Ohio who doesn't ha- doesn't have a lot of experience or understanding of gay culture or certain things and is like a lot of gay kids or a lot of kids would be if they were 16 and a man said I have a crush on you which is to be freaked out which is very understanding for a heterosexual teenager to feel Glee doesn't understand how to show that he feels that way so they just have tried to comb it over and now they're in a weird place and I don't think they know where to go from here and I wouldn't be surprised if we just come back and it just kind of never mentioned again yeah and Ryder's still in Glee Club, mm. and everything's fine in Hunky Dory because right. that's and Wade what Glee finds, does. Uh, finds, a, finds another guy, and you know Ryder gets some boring romance with um, a Marley lookalike. Like mm-hmm. it's there's potential to do something here, but I I don't know that Glee has the ability to. I don't know if I know what it is either. Like mm-hmm. really, because we kind of did that whole gay guy has a crush on, and Wade doesn't but it identify out different because as... that was Karofsky. No, no, no. I'm talking about Sam and Blaine. Oh, we've right, done, right, so we've right. done it twice. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and it was, but it was exactly that. Sam was fine with it because Sam's a cool dude who yeah. 
is just really understanding and very liberal and is like, oh, okay, dude, you have a crush on me. I'm, I'm, that's a compliment. And it's also different in the fact that um, Wade, Wade doesn't identify as a gay male. Right. He identifies as a female, as a, as female. a, as a as heterosexual a, female. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, so as a transgender. Transgendered. Right? Yeah. Is that the right term? Or I is it transsexual? I think transsexual transsexual is just a dude who likes to dress up in ladies' clothes, and a transgender is Wade who identifies, who identifies as, a as a female. I think, yeah, maybe. perhaps, maybe. Yeah, let's go with it. I'm we apologize if we were wrong. We're we're basing my knowledge off of Rocky Horror Picture Show here. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, they they couldn't say that word though on Glee when they yeah did they it, couldn't. Remember? So <laughs> so that must not be what he is. He must be transgender then. Perhaps because it's Fox. Trans- so we don't know transsexual. Yes. Um, so it's, you know, again, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but they're not I really it. hope they figure out what they actually want to do with it. But again, I because I don't know if they've really announced how they're doing next season, if it's um, if it's going to be like the first couple weeks are purely uh, McKinley and then it's New York. I don't really understand because they left off in the middle of the school year, essentially. Yeah, it was just regionals. Yeah, so I'm not. Hopefully, they just figure something out. And they're going to nationals. Yes, which would put them in New York, <laughs> right? And then we can just move it there, and everybody can be happy, and we'll never have to go back to Ohio again, ever, ever, ever. Right. So at regionals, they win. Um, and we'll even though do they not have like the worst set list ever, which we'll get to with the music. Yeah. Did you not think that other, I thought the other group was way better. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. The waffle toots who are my my new favorite club. I I like them. Uh, Uh, I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed the new directions just because of the, it was fun, but I don't think they were anything special. All right. I have issue with it. We'll talk about it later. Okay. So Will and Emma got married. Um, do you need another beer? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. Not yet. I All still right. have some left. All right. Just looking out for the one that's in the freezer. Yes. All right. So song list. Oh, we're on. Th- okay. Right? Well, but then we have Rachel auditioned. But I don't know. You didn't send me the outline. Oh, I'm stuck. That's okay. I'm a bad person. <laughs> you don't have to send it now. It's fine. Let's try. I could just we're, tilt we're my too, computer to you, but then I'm going to spill, spill something. All right. Um, songs. So we have Rachel's audition, her callback audition, uh-huh. right? which she does to love you more by Celine Dion. Uh, she had, she held a note for a really long time. This is what Rachel does. She does it well. This is what Leigh right. Michelle does. She yes. does it well. And there's not really that much more to say mm-hmm. about it. Um, I would have liked to see more of the audition process. Cause I think it could have been, cause right. it's I, not like you just sing a song and then you get cast. Like you have that's to what act. I, that's what I made in my notes. Like, doesn't she have to, does she have to dance? Or does, are we trying to see chemistry with maybe other actors already cast? Uh, you know, are we going to do a stage test? Are we going to do all these things? Like, they really had an opportunity. Aside, something, nope, you know, maybe we'll watch this one of these days. There was a, a wonderful documentary when Miss Saigon was being put on Broadway. And Miss Saigon was done shortly after Les Mis was a huge hit, and it's the same production team. So everybody knew it was going to be a big hit. So what they did was they filmed like a two-hour kind of making of this Broadway musical. And it was really fascinating because you saw certain developments in the casting process and production process that you never really see for Broadway because it's never really um, looked at behind the scenes. And part of it was the auditions, and it was really neat to see how they, I mean, they went to every country. They went, like, across the U.S., like, looking for the, you know, the right female lead for it. But they do more than just fucking sing. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little disappointed about that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, was the next song the highlight of your life? Rainbow Connection. Yes. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> By the Waffle Toots. By the Waffle Toots. My favorite Glee cast name ever. That should be our... <laughs> we should just rename the, our, our podcast <laughs> The Waffle Toots. The Waffle Toots present a Rainbow Connection. Because <laughs> that's the best name ever. Um... Yeah, they were fun. They're yeah. just, you know, they're no warblers, but... But it was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, And then... And then we had the Who's Your Daddies. Yeah, Who's Your Daddies. Uh, they did Clarity, which is Zed featuring foxes. And they did Wings, which is by Little Mix. And if I sound like I don't know what I'm saying, it's because I don't. <laughs> I don't remember the songs, but I wrote down in my notes, genuinely good. They were. They were mm. actually good. That Frida Romero is... Right, um, it was great. The dancing was really wonderful. good, right? Although, did you notice they were all, like, really jacked? Like, all the girls were super cut. They were. They Their were arms like, were they all, were like, badass. Buff. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get into a West Side Story rumble with them. No, I would have voted for them. Um, Just out of fear, I would have. Because then we have the New Directions singing... <laughs> Hall of Fame, which is the script featuring Will I Am, which all the guys did, mm-hmm. which was fine because it kind of, well, I don't even remember the song because I don't know it, but it kind of like had something to say about competition, right? Like about what they were doing. Maybe. Um, sure. And I, I'm going to leave the middle. I have a big problem with the middle song. Um, and then at the end, they did All or Nothing, which was original conversation by Marley Maroon. <laughs> whatever that was super lame oh. um and they did i love it by akana pop which is like my favorite song of the moment right now mm-hmm. because i got to see new kids on the block do it live and joey was shaking his booty and it was amazing um he was on a rotating platform so he was just standing on the edge going around and around just facing out and he was just like oh God, shaking i would have gotten nauseous looking at him do that oh uh, no it was delicious it was wonderful it was everything i wanted and more because we were super close oh right. our Upgrades. tickets got upgraded <laughs> um it was amazing and i'm like obsessed with the song right now not just because of that but because i really really like the song but a you're in a singing competition mm. and all that song is is yelling words the same right. words over and over again. And the way they did it, B, <laughs> is, <laughs> I really haven't eaten much today, guys. Almost done with the beer. Um, number one. <laughs> I'm going to get up and get that one in a second. Um, the way they did it is they there's basically two verses in the song. There's, mm. I, I threw your stuff out the window, blah, blah, blah. I love it. And then there's the part where it's like, the part where they actually sing, which they didn't do. Mm. It's the part okay. where you're like, um, same, you're from the same. 70s, but I'm a 90s bitch. I love it. And it's like, there's that part about outer space and stuff. Um, <laughs> I can't think of all the words just right now. I'm enjoying watching Erica do this. <laughs> I can't think of all the words at the moment. But there's basically like two There is a musical singing part and they don't do To it. the song and gotcha. they, they do the part where they don't actually sing. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They just repeat that part four times and don't ever transition yeah, into the Yeah, I, I thought it was very repetitive. So it's that a repetitive song. But there is another whole verse that okay. also gets repeated. It really made me angry. I'm sorry. Because I was like, was fun, I love though. this song. And yeah. then I was like, you guys fucking sucked it up. <laughs> I enjoyed, I don't know the song. I didn't know the song, at least when I watched it. Uh, so I just enjoyed the dancing, and I liked that everybody had energy. <laughs> just something you so rarely I just, you see know, on just, Glee you know, anymore. Hey, they all took their uppers before getting on stage. <laughs> Woo-hoo. 
But yeah, I mean, nothing amazing, especially in comparison to other past regional performances. So, yes. So that was that episode. That was the episode. Highs and lows. Um, I don't know if I have any highs. Wait, let me look at my notes. This is the extent of my notes, by the way. Oh, it's pretty short. Yeah. Um, the the name the Waffle Toots is my high. <laughs> yeah, I can, I'll buy that. Everything else is lows. Do you have any highs? I have a few. Um, we had a fondue for two. Oh, and did. it included Brittany uh, explaining because it was Will and Sue were on it. And Wendy has a great line, which is, you know, they were friends and then they were enemies and then they were friends again. And then we stopped caring, yep. which again is meta, but, but in a funny way. And Glee did that so much this episode. Yes. Yes, they did. And as our favorite Joe says, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, they need to stop doing that because it's not. It's not um, good writing. Glee. When Brittany is saying goodbye to everyone and I forget what she calls him, but then. Like, she doesn't know Joe's name and says something else. And Joe just has to say, like, my name's Joe. She calls him, like, Jerry. Yeah. And it, was, <laughs> it made me chuckle. And again, I think, I, I still like, I, I'm, Joe I'm still, is still one of those characters that I, I feel, not that he's underutilized, because I don't think they would know what to do with him if they gave him a bigger part. But he's, he is a good presence on the show. And when he has, like, these little one-liners, they're usually done really well. So that was fine. Um, and I was happy to see Sugar Mata again. For no reason, just there again, because apparently she's still in the Glee Club. Well, let's quickly transition to one of my low notes. Why did Glee forget that these are two actors on a show, not your friends walking into the room after they haven't been on your show? <laughs> like, like, they cheered for them when they walked like, in. Like, hey, Sugar, oh my god, we haven't seen you in so long. It's like they just were recording when they walked on set. Like, mm-hmm. that happens when you walk on set. People, like, will like, hey! Like, especially in front of a live studio audience, which Glee doesn't do, but that's what it felt like. I was like, this isn't filmed in front of a live studio audience. Why are the Glee kids cheering for their schoolmates that they see every day? Who presumably have been in the the show the entire season. We just haven't seen them last week or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good valid point. It made me so angry. (laughs) I was so mad about that. Do you have any more high notes? No. Okay. So, um... Oh, my other, I have two more low notes. Mm-hmm. One was writer's freak out that he has in front of Will, who's trying to conduct a class, and Will doesn't say anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. He just freaks out and starts yelling at everyone in the Glee Club, and Will just sits it's there. It's like, oh, it's oh, not he's time freaking for my out. line yet. All right. Mm. Yeah. It's like, you're a teacher. You have authority. You should, you should stop here. him. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and there was a lot of awkward camera work during the catfish scene. Did you get that? They Where were trying like so hard to make it like. <laughs> and then it flipped over on its side. Yeah. It, like it they was... were going back to the school shooting episode, yeah. which was just in case of a reminder, guys, in case you forgot, the school shooting episode was called Shooting Star. Yeah. I just want to remind you in case people are wondering why we're not really going <laughs> to focus on Glee next season. <laughs> did you did you see um, J- uh, Fozzie and Tina, which is another podcast you should be listening oh, to yes, where they talk all about TV? They do a question of the week like we did at one time. Oh, yeah. We used to do a question, remember? We can do that again going forward. We can reinstitute that. I forgot we did that. They do a question of the week. um, And theirs was, what's the most offensive thing you've seen on television? (laughs) And James answered (laughs) Glee. No, he answered the school (laughs) shooting episode. And most of what I've seen in season four, which I would agree with. That was super offensive. Yeah. I mean, shooting star was was bothersome on a lot of levels. Uh, yeah, my, uh, my big low note, um, and it was purely like the only thing that stuck out that bothered me was second week in a row where we've had a joke where a character basically says like, that's bullying. 
Yeah. Did you catch that? Because last uh, this week I think it was Brittany. Last week I, uh, Kitty maybe. I forget who it was. But last week I kind of chuckled at it, and this week I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's the same exact joke. And at first it was just like, oh, just lazy writing. And then I'm like, wait a minute, Glee, you're the show that really used bullying as an issue for two and a half seasons where it was like, no, seriously, we need to address this. It's a big problem. And now you're just throwing it away as a joke, and that's kind of offensive. And the more I thought about it, the more pissed off I got. Yep. Glee's offensive. Yeah, in, in, <laughs> in, in different ways. <laughs> Yes, those are my low notes. What do you have? What else do you have? Is that it? That was it. That was all mine. All right. So, so that was season four. Season four of Glee, guys. Uh, a lot of issues with it. There were some highs. Um, why? And again, MVP of the season. Would you agree? Sam. Sam. Yeah. Uh, I think they haven't announced that he's not coming back. So he's probably coming so back. So I think he's coming back. Or in negotiations. Yeah. I think they haven't really announced anybody that's at McKinley is not coming back. Can you talk for a moment while I get the beer from the freezer? Oh, yes. Can you also grab me another cider? Thank you. Uh, so, yes, they had announced, I believe, that Mercedes and Mike Chang are gone for good. And I think Puck also. But the I'm guessing they just maybe haven't dealt with the kids who are still at McKinley. We do have to look forward and wonder where... Uh, Sam is going because presumably he graduates as well this year. Thank you. Oh, and you opened it too. I just realized I think this is a Unless they opener. fake age him again. Mm. De-age him. Did we already Benjamin do that once with him? Aziz? Although, well, no, next season's the same school year, so he's he's still in McKinley. Right, right. At least for now. For this season. Then he yeah. could graduate and go to New York where everybody else is. Uh, that I would be good with that. Alright, so we are going to do our top six and bottom six songs of the season. Oh, boy. Now, right. Arga, do you want to start with the top six or the bottom six? I feel like we should start with the top. Okay. I need to sign out of this email One, and two, sign into my three, email because that's where five, mine six. is. All right. I have, um, I had seven, but I don't remember we why. We could do one honorable mention. Yeah, I have one honorable mention, we'll say. But I don't remember why I have seven as being seven. So that's fine. Let's just say doing this list involved a lot of YouTube. Oh, for me, it was just going to Wikipedia. The, well, this is what was hard about um, this was for the low notes, not for my bottom list. The problem was the ones that I really didn't like this year were the songs that were really forgettable to me. True. And in a lot of cases, they were newer songs that I didn't know. So it was realistically, my bottom six are probably not on here because they're songs that I didn't know anything about and they were boring. So my other, the ones that I have on here are for very different reasons. But we're doing top right now, aren't we? We said top? Top, yeah. Okay. I have, I have eight, so I have to narrow it down just because I couldn't decide. Okay, so do you want me to go first? You go my first. Six. Okay, my uh, sixth favorite song of the season would have been, um, it was from the episode Lights Out, which followed the school shooting episode. Uh, and there, even though the staging of this had some things that could have also been construed as offensive, I really enjoyed Jane Lynch singing Little Girls. Okay. From Annie. And obviously, again, I would have felt cheated if I had paid money to see it on Broadway since I'd seen it on Glee. But it was staged really fun. You had dead cheerleaders and you had Jane Lynch having a good time. Great. All right, your number six. My number six is... Wait, what am I... I'm going to eliminate that... One, two, three, four, five, drum six, seven, Keep eight. on drumming the drum roll. Um, my number six is going to be... <laughs> um, I'll make 
like that nice. honorable mention. Sweet. It's going to be Sweet. the mashup of boys and boyfriend sang by Artie and Blaine in Britney 2.0. Okay. I don't know that I remember that one too well. Well, it's Britney Spears and Justin Bieber mashup. Which is probably why I don't remember it too well. Yes. But um, I like that Britney Spears song, and I like when Blaine and Artie both sing. Mm-hmm. You'll notice there's a consistent <laughs> number of singers in my top six. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. All right. My number five was from the episode The Breakup. Uh, the song was called The Scientist. And it was, I don't remember anything about the it's song. It's a Coldplay song. It's a Coldplay song, right. And it's a, it was like the closing scene. It was what, Santana, Rachel. I don't really remember who sang it, but I remember it being really good. <laughs> okay. Um, my number five is going to be another mashup. And it is Bye 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 and I Want It That Way sung uh, by Will I thought Schuster that would show up on your list. <laughs> and the boys in the episode Feud. Because mm-hmm. it was just fun. And um, those are those are my only two mashups. Um, the only two good mashups of the season. Cause oh, it's what you think. Some might show up on my bottom list. Mm-hmm. Did I put one down there? No, I didn't even. Um, I didn't. But anyway. Oh, no. No, there is one more that's on my. I'll make it my number three. On your top or bottom? On my top. Okay. I wonder what, if it's the same one as me. It is, definitely. What's, <laughs> what number is yours? I'll make it the same number as uh, yours. So we can talk about it. All right, so I'll make it number two. Okay. So that was my that was my number uh, five. five. Yeah. So you're that, that's five. a good one. That's a good, I didn't put it on there because in part I, mean, I also knew you would put it on there. Yeah, because it's It's, it's boy bands. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. My number four would be, and this is a, it's from a musical, so there was a good chance it would show up. And it also is, it's from a musical, I, it's from a Sondheim musical, which I enjoy quite a bit. And it was Emma, who, because she is not necessarily a singer, never gets to sing. But that's why it was a great talking song, and that was Getting Married Today from the episode I Do. I knew that would be on yours. Yeah, it's just, it is the perfect song for her voice and for that character. Because uh, it's just a very neurotic woman who's freaking out about getting married. And um, Gemma Mays did fantastic with it. And again, she is not Leia Michelle, but she doesn't have to be. And they've given her the right songs for her to, for her to do the right stuff with her voice. Um, and this one, just as soon as the notes started, I got really excited. <laughs> and it, unlike something that might appear on my bottom list of a song I like a lot that did not get me excited, uh, this one I thought was done perfectly. Um, yes. I had an opposite reaction to that. But I, ultimately, I thought it was good, but I didn't mm. have the knowledge, which is why we're changing That's formats right. the that, way we are. Yeah, we got to teach this girl. Bringing it around. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so my number four is going to be Copacabana by Sam <laughs> in Guilty Pleasures because he was wearing big arm things. Big arm things are always a plus. He's a fan of low, and I enjoyed it. Okay. And I've been rewatching. Angel, I don't want to talk too loud because oh, Brandon's not there anything. yet. It's okay. The door is closed, so we probably can't hear. But I love when Angel sings Barry Manilow. Oh, God, I know. Mandy. It's so good. Yeah. And I just watched that episode recently, so. Nice. I had to get some Manilow on there. Nice. We okay. had to get through. Um, we're in season one of Angel, and we had to get through a Kate episode, and I just hate her so much. I hate Elizabeth Rome. I think she's the least likable actress that ever existed and got work on this planet. I think we talked about this last episode, too. Okay. Just anyway. But the next two episodes, it's The Initiative and The Bachelor Party, which are really good episodes. Okay. Uh, my number three song was from the episode whose title I despise more than anything, Glee. 
But the song I thought was, it's a song that I always loved and I think it was handled very well. And that was There Are Worst Things I Can Do. It was handled well. Um, as sung by Santana regarding Britney. Unique regarding the role of the, the playing of, of a female role. And Cassandra regarding having sex with her student, Brody. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Moving, Moving on. along. My number three is also from the episode Guilty Pleasures. And it is Sam and Blaine doing Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Oh, okay. Okay. It was just fun cute. and cute and mm-hmm. adorable. And I kept wanting to put Hall of Notes on here, but I think that was last season. Right, right, right. <laughs> All right, so number two. We think it's a, that it's we a mutual think we have number two. One. <laughs> okay, why don't we say it at the same time? Three, two, one. Kiki Turkey. Kiki Turkey. Turkey. Yes. <laughs> From the episode Thanksgiving. It was, Glee had very few what the fuck songs this season. <laughs> and this was one of them. And it was amazing. And it worked so well. Oh, you and ha- we had Shangela. We had Shangela. It was my introduction to Shangela. It was. I didn't know Shangela at the time. I, since then, I know Shangela quite well, I like to think. Intimately. <laughs> we had, Let's Have a Kiki is originally by the Pointer Sisters. Scissor Sisters. Scissor Sisters. But close. close. They can point you. Can they not? Sisters. They have sharp points. And Turkey Pointer Lurkey, sisters. which is from a musical. Promises, promises. promises. <laughs> and you just had fucking drag queens singing and Rachel interrupting them to sing about Turkey Lurkey. And Carrie Bradshaw singing. So. Carrie Bradshaw singing. It, it was, was amazing. I want to have a Turkey Lurkey. <sighs> yeah. So now my number one. Your number one. My number one. I'm a little curious if we have the same number one. There was only one number one for me. Like it. This was like one of the few songs. I would say this and Kiki Turkey Lurkey were the only two that like right away jumped out at me when I started thinking of like what are my favorite favorite songs this season. Is it is your number one from an episode that you already mentioned? Yes, mine too. And it's a song that has been sung on Glee before. Yes, we have the yes! same number All one. Right, <laughs> same wavelength, <laughs> and that would be from the episode. The, the breakup. breakup. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and the song is Teenage, Teenage Dream. Dream. <laughs> as sung by Blaine Warbler. <laughs> yes. I wish you guys could see us. But we're doing a lot of nodding, a lot of nodding. in sync. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, this, this was the reason I watched Glee to begin with. Exactly. And, and it has so much to do with a lot of my bottom songs, which are the reason that Glee has grown to make me so angry yes because again you take a song that we know that we've heard and they've done this originally teenage dream when the warbler sang it it sounded different than when Katy perry sang it yep. because it was a bunch of dudes singing it and now you're taking the same song and you're having somebody sing it at a piano with a different tempo and a different intensity and it's showing what you can do with songs which is reinterpret them and both musically and um, thematically, if you will. Meaningly. Meaningly. <laughs> yes. Because now you have, you know, we're pre- last time it was just a fun song and it kind of had well, this, And it like, was the first time Kurt yeah. saw Blade. So it had this like birth of a crush and it was all cute. And this time it was death of a relationship. Exactly. It was I cheated on you. But done much more <laughs> Did musically. <he> sing- <laughs> Did he sing it like that? <laughs> Oh boy! Yes, it, this was the only number one that there was. Yeah. gonna it be was. On this it list. was the first song I thought of. Of yeah. like, okay, well, I know that's on my list. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, that was anticlimactic. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, what were your honorable mentions? Um, honorable mentions were Cold Hearted by Santana. Oh, from I forgot about Feud. That one. Yeah, just because it was, you know, Paul Abdul, mm-hmm. child of the 80s. What mm-hmm. do you want from me? Um, and Santana had so few good moments compared to last yeah. season. Musically, yeah. Also, Heroes, the David Bowie song and dyna- dynamic duets done by Blaine and Sam. Okay. Um, it didn't make my list because it had that weird painting scene where all the kiggly kids painted a wall oh, yeah. that had graffiti on it. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's why I YouTube things. I didn't understand that. Because I was like, oh, that's a really good song, and I think I like the way they sang it. And then I watched the YouTube clip, and I was like, oh, yeah, they did that painting why scene. Why they the rec center? Yeah. Um, and lastly, Born to Hand Drive from Glees. That was my honorable mention. That yeah, because it was seven. a really fun number, but that's the one I... I pulled off just now to make mm-hmm. six yeah. instead of eight. Yeah, it was the one that I couldn't remember why I liked it so much, but I like it did make my list. All right, so from the very top to the very bottom. Again, um, let me just do a count: one, two, three, four, okay, five, I'll six. Leave. All right, yeah, I got one honorable, um, one dishonorable mention, if you will. Yes, I have one dishonorable mention just because I already talked about how much I hated it this episode. Oh, so I my honorable mention is Icon of Pop. I love it. From okay. the episode All or Nothing. Okay. My honorable mention, I'll just say out right now. And again, there is a bit of a theme to my uh, my low notes because it's a lot of songs that I like and could have used another version of, but they just didn't do anything with it. So my my low honorable mention, dishonorable mention, is from Dynamic Duets, and it is Holding Out for a Hero, which is one of my favorite karaoke songs. And if you're going to sing that song, you better fucking sing that song and not just follow the beats and not do it that well and have Marley fucking Rose sing it. I feel like when we talked about it, we didn't hate it as much as we wanted to. I think I was angry at it. Okay. I don't know. I just remember feeling like, again, it's a song that I hold to a very high standard. Okay. Um, Do you want me to go first this time? Sure. So my number six is um, just... An example of Glee jumping on a bandwagon, and it's also from the episode Thanksgiving, and it's Gangnam Style. It was offensive. They gave it to the only Asian cast member they currently have, mm-hmm. and it was offensive. <laughs> I won't argue that. I will not argue that. <laughs> what is your number six? My number six um, is, is not Gangnam Style. Uh, my number six would be a song that I love. It is my favorite Christmas song. It is from the episode Glee, actually, sung by one Marley Rose, and it is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. If you're going to sing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, you better fucking sing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas and make it special. And no, they didn't. She didn't. She didn't. No. Okay. Well, in that case, I will do my... This one's a little out of character for me, but I'll do my... If you're going to give this song to someone... Actually, I have two of those. I have Uh two. If you're going to give a song to someone, they need to be able to sing it numbers. Mm. Um, and this one's really out of the ordinary for me, and it's Don't Stop Me Now by Queen done by Blaine. Oh, right. I remember. It's yeah. like my all-time favorite Queen song, mm-hmm. and Blaine, as much as I love Darren Chris, he doesn't have the chops to handle that song. Mm-hmm. And it just felt really flat for me. Yeah, I can see that. And especially because Glee usually does Queen so well. Yeah. And it was just not... And I was super excited for it, and I was just like, oh. Yeah, and, and if it wasn't... A song I think that we both knew the original version of, we probably wouldn't have been as bothered. It right. probably would have just been like, oh, that was okay. It's more of a yeah, personal but knowing the possibilities thing. of that song. All right, my number five. Um, one of my favorite musicals of all time. One of my favorite songs from that musical of all time. And as soon as they started playing the beats to it, I was like, ooh, ooh. Except it was the stupidest use of a song that is very specific to the musical without changing anything. 
from the episode Lights Out, and it was Santana, Kurt, Rachel, and Carrie Bradshaw singing at the ballet. I love that song. I love a chorus line at the ballet. Is such it's a rich. You have three women basically saying talking about why they became dancers, and the reasons are very specific. It's my I was ugly as a kid. My dad cheated on my mom, and my dad left my mom. And what did they do? They just sang every word of that song and tried to kind of assign it to characters, except it didn't really make sense. And then that was what, so you had Santana singing about her dad cheating on her mom when we've never had that be a thing. You had Carrie Bradshaw singing about both being ugly as a kid, which would have made sense for Rachel to sing about, maybe, um, and singing about her dad leaving her as a kid. It just, it made no sense. It was a waste of so many things. And it made me very angry because that's not the way you do that. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, we're on my number four. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is my second don't give a song to someone if they don't have the chops to handle mm-hmm. it. And it's Chasing Pavements by Adele, which uh, m- was our introduction to Marley. Oh, but if right. You're, if from the new Rachel. Um, right. You don't give an Adele song to anyone except... Another Santana? woman who sounds like Essentially, that. yeah. Yeah. Which is why what Santana did Adele really well last yeah. season. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially if you're then also selling us as, and isn't she great? Isn't she wonderful? Yeah. She's the new Rachel. No, no, she's not. Except she's, she's not. not, really. Yeah. My number four um, comes from an episode with the worst title ever, which is Lease. And this one, again, it's Blaine. How could I, how could I hate it? And it's not his fault that they just decided to do all the staging from Grease the movie for Beauty School Dropout. Like Which the way they filmed it, you sense. had Sugar facing her back to the audience the whole time. That's not the way you would stage a production of that song. And it just felt very like they just watched the movie and decided, okay, let's just do that. And it was just lazy and it made me angry. Um, my number three, um, I'll tie into one of yours I, I had a twofer mm-hmm. um because they were both from lights out so i had at the okay. ballet and i had everybody hurts that writer sang because oh, it was okay. just super boring and lame did i like that one and i'm so tired of that song mm. i don't know if i remember how that one went and i'm not just it's trying a, to get you to sing it it's rem okay and oh oh everybody hurts everybody for some hurts. reason i'm like not Oh, sometime. fun feature. Um, the AV Club, which is a website that they do recaps of Glee, and it's usually very funny. They have this great feature that they've been running for the past two weeks called, um, I forget what it was called, but essentially they were interviewing different comedians and musicians and asking them, what is your least favorite song? What is the song you hate more than anything? David Lynch named It's a Small World. <laughs> um, and I forget who, it, and they're really funny write-ups. I forget who it was. It was somebody who I didn't, um, whose name I didn't know. But he picked Everybody Hurts because he said, he's like, it's presented as this, like, really profound idea. But fuck you. Of course everybody hurts. It's human. And it just was a very funny rant about that. Yeah. And also they did that on the Glee Project. Remember? Yes. Yeah. They did in the lunchroom in right. slow-mo. That's right. Because everybody was getting slushied. Yes. Yes. All right. My number three. Uh... Lazy, lazy, lazy. From the episode Girls and Boys on Film. This was a mashup. This might be my number two. How about that? <laughs> might it have been a mashup of two... St- now, okay, we're doing a mashup. Great. We're doing a mashup that's already existed as a mashup. Oh, let's just do the same version. Let's do the exact same version from Moulin Rouge. Yep, that's my number two. Yeah. 
Uh, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend and Material Girl, primarily sung by Marley, Marley. and Unique and yeah. just all the girls. And again, okay, you're just, you're not doing a mashup. You're doing Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the same thing. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Pissed me the fuck, because the guys, I forget what they did. Um, they did Top Gun. They did Top Gun and they did Danger Zone and... A Bon Jovi song, was that? Or no, that was last, that was season one. I have I'm it old, up. guys. I, I drink, think you I just look things. it up. But it was so much better. Like, the guys were really fun. Um, old time rock and roll and Danger Zone. Okay. Like, I, I didn't have a so list, it was but I enjoyed it. Tom Cruise and Tom yeah. Cruise. But this was just fucking lazy. Completely. Yep. And didn't... I'm trying to remember, like, because there was a line where it's like, talk to me, Henry Ziegler, tell me everything. Yeah. Didn't they do the same line? Like, it wasn't even like, talk to me, Unique, tell me everything. Yeah, they just, or they might have done talk. I forget what they did. I, I know I talked about it a lot. Yeah, I, but I forget exactly I was really what angry they did. About it. Yeah, I was very angry too. Yeah. So that was our number two. Is it my turn to do number one? It would be your number I went first. Oh, wait, no. So I have to do my number two. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, it was your number three. Yeah. My number two. My number two um, <laughs> from the episode Lights Out. If you'll remember, Lights Out was supposed to, I believe, be the episode uh, where, know yours is. you it's know. It's the acoustic episode. It's the acoustic episode. Um, so let's take, uh, let, so we're going to sing something a cappella because, like, that's the point of the episode. Cool. Great. What you got? We're going to sing a song that was originally sung a cappella. And we're just going to copy the same exact version and pretend that it's something special and unique, except like my number three song, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend slash Material Girl, you're just copying something that's already been done, and that was For the Longest Time by Billy Joel. Yep. If you wanted to do something, then take Only the Good Die Young and sing it a cappella. Take Uptown Girl and sing it a cappella. That would be cool. But we're Glee, season four, so we're just going to do what people know. Because that's, I guess, how we sell things. Unless we're doing at the ballet, which people don't know, and we're just going to make it stupid. Yeah, that was my number two. Okay, so, so my number, number one. one. My number one also comes from Guilty Pleasures. Although okay. I do not consider the song a guilty pleasure. I consider it a legitimately good song. One of my favorite songs. A very good song for karaoke, although I've never done it myself. But I had a, I used to have a friend who I don't speak to as much anymore. But he used to do it every time we went to karaoke. And he was really good at it. And they gave it to Rachel and Brody, which you wouldn't think would be a really big deal. Except that it's not a duet. And they changed the pacing. And it was really weird. I think I liked this one. Actually. And it made me angry. And it was Creep by Radiohead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because that was in the episode with the David Lynch ending, it right? It was the David Lynch ending. I but... just loved how fucking weird it got. It did get really weird, but that song does not work in that situation. That song didn't even apply to their situation at all. No, I He's just... not a creep. He's not a weirdo. He's a gigolo. He's just a gigolo. <laughs> do, 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 do just a gigolo. gigolo. <laughs> would have been so much easier for them I to do it's odd that they, that they actually got God. see and that's why because they got kind of somebody got ambitious and they were like no you know what we you kind of do radiohead all the kids love radiohead <laughs> these days man yeah right because radiohead is i think they're still making music but i don't think they've had a hit in a while so. well no because they were doing the whole you pay what you want for it oh yeah remember? yeah right um right. well <laughs> i mean it i made me angry <laughs> I don't have attachment to the song. I liked it that how it was batshit, so I enjoyed that aspect. My <sighs> number one um, is a song that you might have guessed what my number one was based on my expression when you told me you're number six. 
Oh, uh, my number one is Gangnam Style. Oh, I didn't even. <laughs> because it just pissed me off on every level. Now, granted, I believe in real life that Jenna Ushkowitz is Korean. On the show, they have never actually said what Asian she is. Am I correct in that? I don't think so. I don't think they have ever said, you know, she's Chinese, anything she's about Japanese, her family. She's never. Korean. No. And I don't think it would have mattered because even if they had said she is Chinese, they would have had her sing the song. And the choreography even was the music video. The song was a music video. The fact that they could win with this was offensive to me. It wasn't good singing. Um, it was, it just was. Well, it's like the same problem I have with Iconopop. Like, it's yeah. not real singing. Right. And <laughs> it's singing the competition. It's, it is the blatant example of when somebody who could have liked Lee season one, I guess, like somebody who, I don't know, has certain tastes. When they hear that Glee did Gangnam Style, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm not watching that shit. Yeah. Like, it, just, it was such a bottom for the show to me of them going for the lowest common denominator. Let's go for the hit of the moment and let's do the YouTube video. Yep. And and it'll be fine. We got an Asian girl, so it works out perfectly. Yeah. And if and I bet if Mike Chang were still on the show, they would have had him do it because he's an Asian guy. Yep. You know? They would have had them do it together. Yeah. It um, would have become a love song for them. No, because that would have been making it creative and adding something to a song that means nothing. Oh, okay. Sorry. I take mm. that back. Just kidding. Way too ambitious. JK. LOL. We're uh, BRB. LMO. AO. LMFAO. All, all I do ever use is BRB. <laughs> uh. Uh, so those were our bottoms and highs of season four. And again, I think a good example and representation of why... Going forward, <laughs> we're not going to talk about it. Yes, because, you know, there are other movies and out there that are do worthy with songs. A, a and, podcast. You know, yeah. And Step Before Revolution's choreography, I'm sure, is better than Gang of Stuff. I can't wait to watch it. I've, I've been like, it's still one of my big regrets that I wasn't able to see it in the theater. True. But, I mean, it just didn't work out. And I am so excited to see it. It's been in my Netflix queue forever. Almost. Soon. I'm All right. Just... So, um... I was going to say, I'm just going to go to the red box and get it. Oh, fancy, fancy <laughs> you with your red box I don't get discs from Netflix anymore. I don't know where the near... I mean, I'm sure there's red box near me. Well, you don't You do not do discs from Netflix No, at I all. only do streaming. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I haven't done... Since they changed it and made it more... Made it eight, yeah. $7.99 for both. For both, yeah. Like, a piece. I stopped doing it. I only do streaming. Okay. I do both. I wanted to kill someone the other day. Because I had put a movie at the top of my queue because it was new and it was long wait. And then as soon as it showed up, it also showed up on Instant Watch. I feel like Jerks. I should write a strongly worded letter you to should. somebody. You should get me off. like four free DVDs for that. I, you know, I'm going to have to think about that. I need to figure out how my plan of attack. I've been wanting to write a lot of strongly worded letters. Like I get, um, I have a day calendar at work that's a film trivia calendar. And they were wrong the other day. <gasps> That's they unacceptable. Do, yeah, they have like, it's basically like a tic-tac-toe board. And it's which column has uh, where it's like a bunch of names. So it's like Woody Allen, Clint Eastwood, and so on. It's like which, which row has three best director Oscar winners. And I look at it and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I know that this row works because it was Woody Allen, Clint Eastwood, and um, uh, I forgot who the other one was. But I'm like, okay, I know those three. But then I'm looking, I'm like, wait a minute. But the other row, it was Clint Eastwood, Ron Howard, and Frank Capra. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Ron Howard won for A Beautiful Mind, and Frank Capra had to win for something. And I look at the answer, and it tells me one row. But then I look up online, and like, nope, yeah, Frank Capra won three Oscars, and Ron Howard won for A Beautiful Mind. 
I'm like, this fucking calendar is wrong. And they have a website listed on the calendar. Yeah, connection error every time I try to access it. So anyway, side I, note, I'm really angry about this. I can admit something really dumb to you. I, I understand that it's a calendar now, but I was about to be like, well, maybe the trivia is outdated. Like maybe it was printed before <laughs> that person won an before Oscar. Before Ron How Ron Capra won an Oscar <laughs> from the dead. Or before Ron Howard won his beautiful mind, mind Oscar. Oscar. But it's a eight years ago. Thirteen calendar. Just That's kidding. what it would be. And they had a typo. They spelled Gloria Stewart's name wrong. Ugh, I know. It made me angry. Bitches. And she's dead now too, but I would still be pissed off. You know what comes back really soon? Breaking Bad. We should talk about Breaking Bad. Ooh, I need to watch season need to five. Catch up. I got well, half of four. Half of season five, because this is yeah, season I know. five. Um I'm sure they're gonna do a marathon. They must. So Can, Set your DVR. Okay. Anybody out there who knows if they're doing a Breaking Bad season five marathon, let me know. It premieres on August 11th. So I'm sure like all day August 11th, they're going to show season five. Yeah. Okay. That seems like a smart thing to do. I feel like they do that with The Walking Dead. It'll be weird. I've never watched that show live. Oh man. I watched this season live. It's the only one I watched and it makes you feel like you're on drugs. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out how I want to handle Pretty Little Liars now. I know. You should, you should just catch up and watch it live. You just want me to do that so I can talk I know, about it. I want to talk about it. But it's so like Pretty Little Liars. The reason I watched it so much was because it was so easy to watch it, like on the way to work on Netflix. Because it was just it was just the perfect entertainment for when I wasn't awake yet. And having to watch it on demand means I have to watch commercials, and then it's an hour long. Okay, but you're missing out on the um, as James pointed out on I think is I don't know if it was Feminine Critique or Married with Married with Clickers page, but you're missing out on the the why can't I think of the other kid's name? The Toby. The Toby. Caleb. Caleb. Detective Agency. They team up. That was like, it was oh like. Oh my God, that's so cute. It was literally like five minutes, but it was great. That's really cute. Oh. So you need to catch up. Okay. Okay. Because okay. I need to know what was so shocking at the end of season four. It probably wasn't When they shocking. open. Yeah, they open, they open the something and they're like. <gasps> and then the it cuts to the credits. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just was it anything interesting? Or was it kind of lame? Yeah, <laughs> it was super that. lame. I figured that. <laughs> yeah. All right, no, it's 5.30. We have to go somewhere at 6. What do you want to do? Do you want to start doing feedback, or do you want to save feedback for tomorrow? We could we could start feedback. Okay. Um, but I'm also going to say that um, in this past episode of Pretty Little Liars, they go to, like, two of the characters travel to this other town, and everything filmed there is, like, completely desaturated of color. Like, it has the faintest Ooh. amount of color in it. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, why is this Pleasantville in this town? Like, I but it's not Pleasantville. When they get it's like a creepy l- noir. Yeah. And I was like, what is happening? I don't even know right now. Because they, I think Pretty Little Liars is a show where sometimes they're a little more ambitious than they're. I don't know if it depends on the director or the writer or what. But yeah, like, they had the like whole. Their source material. Two, psycho. The entire oh, wow. episode is Psycho. Yeah. And season three, the, the train episode is all Trevor Train completely. Like, so, yeah, I don't know when they get, like, who steps in and is like, hey, guys, you know what? This week we're, we're going to turn it up this. a notch. Let's do this. We're going to reference <laughs> these, Fellini. These 13-year-olds really appreciate this. Speaking of the train episode, their costumes, like, <sighs> what what 15-year-old understands the costumes that they dressed up in? Well, it made, well, Arya's made sense because, like, it was Great Gatsby and Fitz is her blah, blah, blah. Um, Spencer would make sense because Spencer is smart and stuff. So they were Bonnie and Clyde, right? Were they? I I thought they were just like, hey, we're from the 20s. I have eh? a hard time believing that Emily um, has seen Barbarella, but they did reference like in season one or two, they they make a reference that Emily watches a lot of horror movies. 
Okay. No, yeah, it was like a throwaway line at like twice where like that you caught because you were I like caught, hey I'm, I'm Emily, Emily and I watch horror movies <laughs> if only I were a hot skinny Filipino girl too with a very waspy name yeah I don't know but anyway no wait wait now but with the books um at this point are they just completely divergent from the books or what I keep I there's like still I I haven't read all the books mm-hmm. I've read up to I think like eight or nine because they're written for fourth graders and you could read them in like four hours (laughs) um so i read a lot of them one summer and there's like one major plot point in the books after you you find out that spoiler alert if you haven't seen pretty little liars up to where season end of season two right End of, okay, if you haven't seen up to the end of season two, we're going to reveal something big right now. In five, four, four three, three, two, one. After you find out that Mona is A, mm-hmm. the books obviously also have a second A, like right. the show does. because one person can't do all of it. Yes, and you like there's a major plot reveal in the books that I still hope they're kind of working back around to it. Okay. Because it's kind of ridiculous but really interesting at is the same time is it that one time. of the four girls is involved no oh okay is it that one of their parents is involved no is it that one of their do you think i'm gonna tell you if that's what actually happens if you guess it i guess not if you all right if, no i if just you, have to say when in season three spoiler alert season three there is hinted that chad lowe is involved i got so happy <laughs> oh my god i thought that was gonna be awesome if you actually guessed it i would be really impressed because it's like age no Paige isn't even in the books, I don't think. Oh, interesting. I don't. Rem- I honestly don't remember, but I don't think she's in the books. Okay. I, th- I Emily is a lesbian in the books, though. But it was. It's. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember if is she, she ever, bi in the books. I don't remember if she ever actually has a girlfriend, or if it's just mm. that she had a crush on Allie. Interesting. Okay. But anyway, in the books, there's like I like every for the past two seasons since the big reveal at the end of season two that I won't say again since we already mm-hmm. finished spoiler alert. Um, like, I've hoped for these past two seasons they would kind of come back around to it. Pastor Ted. No. <laughs> and they they kind of, like, circled around it. Like, all the... Okay. Um, what's the name of the mental... Inst- Radley? Radley. Ren? Like, no. Ren. Okay. <laughs> no. All of that stuff, like, I kind of hope... Like, that's involved, so I kind of hope they would circle back around. But they put a different... Like, it's not Spencer that's it that does that stuff i don't want to be too spoilery in the books it's a different character that finds okay. out stuff when she's there so okay. it's a different character that and i could probably tell you that stuff because i don't think they're going to circle mm. back to it but i won't tell you on air um and i really i want them to i keep making a motion with my arm i want them to come back around to it and they <laughs> like just aren't getting there but mm. i still feel like it's a possibility okay so i really hope they come back to it. spencer's dad no I really hope they come back to it, but I don't know if they're going to. Fitz's brother. <laughs> no, he's not even in the books. I figured that. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe we should, we should just do feedback tomorrow, because now it's a little bit later. We got to, and now I want to talk about Pretty Little Liars with you. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna be back for all you know. We'll be back in like thirty seconds. Yeah. Not even. <laughs> exactly. Um, we'll get to your feedback, but in the meantime, we have to go watch Cliffhanger on the big screen. Woohoo! Yeah, that's right. Uh, all right. We'll we'll just just a moment shortly. We're back. Hey, that was so quick. I it's almost like we didn't um, go out, listen to some talk about cliffhanger, go have some drinks, 
come back, watch Standing Ovation, play Cards Against Humanity, wake up and have brunch. Yeah, no, almost it, like that we did almost not do all of those things. Didn't in that happen. Time. None of those things happened. Um, although Standing Ovation uh, is anybody instant watch Standing Ovation, one of the saddest um, triumphant musicals of recent times of our generation. Of our generation, it is a really cheaply made uh, kid. Um, it's not really like a step up. It's about these kids who live in Atlantic City who want to um, be a band and stuff. And it's, it's really awful, but kind of fascinating. On Instant Watch. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, feedback. Feedback. All right. Where am I starting? Um, I'll start. I'll start with Brienne. Okay. Go for it. Um, it is titled See You Later Season 4. Brienne says, hey, ladies, we've made it. Season 4 is done. Thank God. Hopefully it can only get better from here. But you never know. Glee may be up for the challenge of sucking more with each year. For, this, for a self-proclaimed TV junkie who has seen way too many season finales, this one ranks way down on the list. Their attempt at a cliffhanger was lame. Sure, there is a huge clean fan base, and they're just using that to their advantage. I would have been more excited about them getting engaged, but alas, Finchel rocked these waters last season. We know how high school engagements, goes, engagements go. On top of that, there hasn't been much development in the clean world since they broke up. I find it silly that they would just throw an engagement in there. Maybe if they hadn't wasted so much time on the catfish story, and it's not so shocking revelation, they could have delved into the clean story, built up the potential reunion, and this cliffhanger would have worked. Now, as for Brittany, I feel like she's, only the, she's the only consistent, consistently written character on the show. She's always got crazy storylines, and it feels very first season whenever they write for her. The MIT story is such a stretch, and yet it still kind of works for her. I know they're giving her the chance to be um, to be off the show while pregnant and having a baby, but still be able to come back. I wish that they had kept her on. Brittany gets increasingly fat, but no <laughs> one says anything, and she has a, I didn't know I was pregnant. Birth. Oh, God, that could be awful. <laughs> that would have been hilarious and so Brittany. But what do I know? I didn't go to school for script writing. I don't think anybody angly did either. Yeah. I'm glad the whole Wemma story, wedding storyline has is done. The only thing that bothered me was when she was explaining why they were getting married in the chorus room. She said they wanted no music. <laughs> I find that hard to believe that a, the Glee teacher would agree to no music. But that was my only, my only real gripe with this. I just wanted it to finally happen and w so that we can move on with our mm -hmm. lives. The music was primarily in the competition except for Rachel's audition, which they didn't even mention again the entire episode. Yeah, that was kind of weird when yeah. you really think about it. But. Could they not leave that as a cliffhanger? The phone rings and Rachel's... Rachel, could they not leave that as a cliffhanger? Oh. The phone rings and Rachel answers it with a vague expression and the scene fades to black. It felt unended. Yeah, that would have made sense. Again this week, I watched The Office afterwards and it blew Glee out of the water. They have been a l in a little bit of a slump too, but they know their characters. They've made me cry two weeks consecutively now and they know how to write sentimental stories along with humor. Oh Glee, how much I missed you when I said this. How much I missed when I said this about you. Peace out Glee. I'm so ready for this vacation My from God, you. My God, The Office Brianna. was so long ago. It was. <laughs> the Office has been off the air forever now. Makes me remember that this was recorded in May. Um, and by the way, I loved The Office finale. I don't know if you did, but I did. Yes, it was very good. All right. Uh, where should I go next? Um, what do you do, Beth? Oh, let's do Beth. Okay. Hi, Emily and Erica. Time for a little story. So kids, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Uh, I'm drinking water today. Yes, water. After a lot of coffee. Once upon a time, many, many years ago, there was a little girl who, after watching a Shirley Temple marathon, realized she couldn't compete with that level of cuteness and decided, instead of being magic, she was going to make the magic. So she watched kid shows and studied how they were made. Since TV Movie Land took place in that far-off land of California, which was based on the wooden puzzle map she owned, was too many pieces away from her current state puzzle piece, she turned to theater as, a, at that, as that was a mere bus ride away. 
Little kids could ride the bus those days all by themselves. Although the little girl spent way too much time watching TV, she did notice some changes. Like, black people could now sit anywhere they wanted to be on the bus. The Beatles' hair got longer, and if you were a man who sang and played at the grand piano and wore funny clothes, you didn't have to get married and make babies. So things were changing. Many of the shows the little girl liked were all canceled as they were considered rural. Rural was bad. Big city, city was good. The little girl was pleased because not only did she live in a big city, she lived in a metroplex. Then one new TV year, which always started in September and lasted all year long with repeats in the summer, the little girl studied her TV guide, which cost 15 cents at the time, to see what new shows were going to be on. And though she had planned out her viewing habits, her mother informed her that they would be watching a new show about a Catholic girl who married a Jewish boy called Bridget Loves Bernie. Now the little girl knew this was simply not possible. Catholics only marry Catholics and Jews only marry Jews. The little girl correctly predicted that the show would fail, and of course, it did. While it was groundbreaking, it was too controversial and ahead of its time to succeed. Sort of like the new normal. But good things came out of the show. The little girl and her mom talked about things like marrying for love instead of settling for what your family wanted or perceived as normal. Her mother talked about marrying outside her own race. Her mother was pure Irish and had married a Swede. Unheard of at the time. She took a lot of crap over it, but eventually people came around to accepting it. It was good to accept people and love them for who they were. Being a mischievous child, the little girl asked how her mom would feel if she grew up and married a black man. Her mom assured her if she married for love and the world, that the world would accept it. Change was happening everywhere, after all. The little girl attended stage workshops and classes and met many wonderful actor and actresses. Then one day, a new play came through called Butterflies Are Free and featured the Catholic girl. The little girl was able to have several conversations with the actress. They talked about acting and the differences between stage and TV. They talked about the actress marrying her co-star from the show in real life. They talked about the positive impact her show had on the little girl's mother. They talked about acceptance, tolerance, and the differences between fairy tales coming true and real life settling, and the little girl listened. The actress went on to star in several big TV shows, and when she came out in 2009, the little girl, now grown up, wasn't surprised at all and was pleased the actress was free enough to be herself. The little girl grew up and married a man for love. Ironically, he turned out to be white and Catholic, just like her, but sometimes it works out that way. When she had a son, who she suspected correctly was gay, she simply accepted it because she had, raised, he, she had been raised by good people whose positive influence taught her acceptance of race, religion, and sexual persuasion. Of course, I am that little girl, and Meredith Baxter was the actress. Watching Glee motivated me back to the, back to the theater, for which I will always be grateful. Seeing Baxter on the show was an amazing full-circle moment for me. Now, I don't want to leave Patty Duke out. I've never met Duke, but read her autobiography, Call Me Anna. Her influence over my life is different. I made the conscious choice not to pursue acting careers for my children, as her life was so hellish. If the acting bug bit my children, I would support it, but I would not get them an agent or do anything outside local theater. Of course, all bets are off if, it's, if say, Steven Spielberg came knocking at my door and asked to use one of my kids if they grew up and made the adult decision to get into acting. Of course, neither has happened. Duke, open, Duke always opened my eyes up to mental illness and issues surrounding it. Wonderful lady. Glee is so lucky to have her. Now, back to the actual show. Nope, special order, just thoughts. Brittany going to MIT. Talk about a perfect fit. No doubt she will always have a wonderful time in one of MIT's think tanks. Think tanks. I can never say that. I always saw Brittany as a high-functioning Asperger's. She also has a hard time, recognizes facing, hard time recognizing faces going all the way back. Remember when she didn't recognize Puck without his mohawk? Brittany's inability to see patterns and do codes, ability to see patterns and do codes, has always been there. Glad she was going to a place that will nurture her mental talents. I hope she stays. If she does come back, let it be a guest star moment. Too much Brittany is never a good thing. Rachel's audition, perfect. I hope she gets the role. After all, Leia Michelle walked into her first Broadway role, so why can't Rachel have a lucky break? That is a fan fantasy show, after all, and not a real life. 
Well, Leah Michelle was a, she acted as a child on Broadway for a while because she was in ragtime when she was like 12. So oh. she was, she was quite the worker. Unique is a catfish. Glad that is over. Too bad it wasn't Beast, Blaine, Tina, or Sam, or a combination of any of them. That would have been interesting. Sue's baby daddy is Michael Bolton. Actually makes sense. I'm good with it. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Regionals, am I bad for liking the Hoosier Daddy's Betty better? I really like their dancing. The Wemma Wedding, a case of too little, too late. Cliffhanger of Blaine holding the engagement ring behind his back. Well, my summer is set. Anytime I get bored, I can work out little scenarios of how that is going to go down. Knowing Lee, I don't expect to actually see what happens next, but I am sure we will get to hear about it. Well, the curtains have closed for season four. Looking back over the season has been a wildly fluctuating season, just like one, two, and three. Nothing new here. Just the same hot mess Glee has been since the beginning. Kind of like real life without the voiceovers. The finale will not win any awards. Glee does not do finales well. Never has, never will. Well, I thought season one, they did a great finale. I figure when this show finally ends, it will be like an unexpected death in the family. Oh, you knew so-and-so was going to kick the bucket. You figured it would happen soon, but you didn't get around to finishing up saying what you wanted to say. Never did find out where the money was hidden and all the dirt that redheaded kids about, about the redheaded kids' true paternity. All those little mysteries are never solved, and I suspect Glee will end that way too. But that is two or more years in the future, so I am not going to worry about that and how, and well, there is always fan fiction. And yes, I'm hanging around to see how this show ends. Till next time, Beth. Um, sweet, very sweet story about Meredith Baxter. Mm-hmm. I primarily knew from Facts of Life. And Patty Duke, I primarily knew from The Miracle Worker. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Beth. And Beth, good luck, because I think she is directing her show this summer or fall. Soon, yeah. I know. Soonish. Good luck. All right. Who do you want to go to next? Um, should we save the song lists or mix them in? Yeah. Let's. So you want to do Joe? I will do Joe, and then we have a couple of song lists. So Joe writes, MIT, see you real soon, or a fondue farewell. Numerator and denominator. Glee season four finally limped into port this week, much like the Carnival Triumph cruise ship did a few months back, which is to say totally out of power and covered in human waste. Despite its title, All or Nothing, gave us a bit more than nothing, but a great deal less than all. It was, how can I put this diplomatically, a very cautious finale. I would have advised recklessness, but that's just me. It was light on drama and surprises and very heavy on sentimentality and speeches. I think we were all supposed to have learned something, but I can't imagine what that might have been. The best I can say about it is that it wasn't quite as sugary sweet as last year's season finale, Goodbye. More distressingly, though, it didn't give me much incentive to come back for season five. <laughs> Same here. But enough preliminaries. Let's gut this catfish, shall we? So we start out with the fun stuff. Brittany at MIT, which was apparently decorated by the same people who did Dalton Academy. <laughs> Makes sense. That scene reminded me of something Isaac Asimov once said. The most exciting phrase to hear in science, the one that heralds new discoveries, is not Eureka, but that's funny. Some might find this story too outlandish, shades of Quinn Fabray at Yale, <laughs> but somehow I bought it. I liked how nonchalant Brit was about the numbers she'd written and how intrigued and baffled the MIT guys were. My only regret is that this didn't go on a bit longer. I'd rather be at MIT with Brit than in Lima with, well, pretty much everybody in Lima. And if I'd been a writer on the show, I'd have all but begged Ryan Murphy to let me put in a fantasy musical number performed by the MIT guys. <laughs> it would have started small with them singing to Brittany in that one little room, but then the walls of that office would have flown away to reveal this huge space with numbers floating all around. For the song, how about a medley of new math and that's mathematics, both by Tom Leher. I don't know those songs. Nor do I. Okay. 
That said, the Glee title card drawn by Brittany and Crayon was a great touch. Whatever its later faults, all or nothing started with a bang. For me, it might have actually peaked with that first, those first three minutes. Even though I'm sick to death of the catfishing story, the transition into it was great too, with the Glee logo zipping out of the way to make room for the silhouettes on screen. What? No road trip to Indianapolis? I feel cheated. Yeah, we've been to Indy. That would have been fun. Hmm. Poor Matthew Morrison has to spit out a whole bunch of exposition about regionals and the rival choirs and the new directions will be facing there. And then this monologue somehow morphs into an inspirational halftime speech. And on top of that, this scene is intercut with footage of Rachel waiting to audition. It's all a bit talky and over-explanatory for me. I kind of wish we'd seen Rachel just having a quiet moment for her audition, but Glee feels like it has to fill every second with chatter and noiseless unless someone's singing. So anyway, that audition. Oh, what can I say? Rachel chooses a Celine Dion song, which to me is a mistake unless she's trying out for unintentionally funny girl. Let's see what he did there. Celine is a later day wasp version of Barbara Streisand. Sure, but she's miles and miles away from Fanny Bryce. Fanny was a brassy, sassy, none too subtle comedian. Her main claim to fame was talking in a fake baby voice. Celine, on the other hand, is famously humorless. And so is this song, another big, boring power ballad. I did like the fact that they brought in a woman to play the tin whistle in the background. <laughs> yeah, they had like a full <laughs> orchestra there. Oh, and Rachel is bangs free on the scene. Otherwise, snoozers. I am surprisingly uninterested in the Blaine Curtin engagement story, even though it revolves around two of my favorite characters. Frankly, it does feel like a rehash of the Finn Rachel story from season three, except the show is trying to shackle it up into an issue of marriage equality. Or more specifically, Blaine is trying to do that, and the show is pretty much letting him get away with it. Joe and Sugar are back, and the show makes a point of letting us know that they've returned. But return to where? Let's examine the situation. They're not supposed to be characters on a TV show. It goes to Erica's point. With episode-to-episode contracts, they're supposed to be students at a public school. They wouldn't just disappear for weeks at a time and then resurface when they were needed. I was initially charmed by the fact that Sugar appeared to be wearing a little cat ears on her head, but a rewatch shows that it's just a bow. Darn. And Joe is wearing one of those god-awful hippie pullover shirt things. Britt's trepidation about leaving McKinley causes her to act like a spoiled diva. Uh, jerkly, whatever you say, drawn out, exasperated sigh. Okay, first off, this is much too close to the plot of Britney 2.0, a fact which Santana points out. Secondly, we've already had a character freak out in a very implausible way over Britney's impending graduation. Remember, it's what caused Becky to bring a gun to school. Yikes, the good news here is that because of the dubious plot point, Heather Morris is allowed to speak the truth to her castmates for a few precious minutes. Of course, she pretty much did the same thing in the Christmas episode, but who's counting? Except me, that is. This show is really being dickish to Tina, by the way. Britt uses excellent spelling and punctuation when she texts. Her 95 theses are just immaculate, even though, once again, they're written in crayon. For a student with a .2 GPA, the lady has some serious writing skills. And her later scenes with Sue shows that her detective skills are not too shabby either. Do the Glee kids make a giant capital G in an overhead shot? Yes, they do. Sugar's legs are the stem in the middle. Very clever. Uh-oh. Ryder's freaking out about the catfish thing. Yawn. And you can tell he means business because the camera's spinning around him. The kid's not a bad actor, but this is the climax of a really dumb, unnecessary, and cruelly prolonged plot. Oh, great. More Blaine engagement. Wait. Blaine engagement mm-hmm. stuff. He brings Tina along with him to show rings because, uh, I don't know, maybe because she's a girl or because he just wants to torture her because she had a weird stalkery crush on him just a few episodes ago. Either way, just not a proud moment for Jenna Oshkowitz. But then, who comes wandering into our lives? Yes, it's Neely O'Hara herself, Ms. Patty Duke, playing a grandmotherly lesbian Yoda. But Patty, sticks never did hard rock. The robot stuff was a step up for them. 
You'd think that Sue would be seriously, seriously banned from ever setting foot in McKinley again for obvious legal reasons, but I guess not. She and Will team up for the show's 50 bajillionth intervention. How has it taken me so long to realize that Fondue for Two theme is so close to the Duff Beer song from The Simpsons? You know, Duff Beer for me, Duff Beer for you, I'll have a Duff. You'll have one, too. Oh, and the logo is either a straight-up steal or a careful homage to the Wayne's World logo. Same font, same trailing Rumbo effect. In the original SNL skits, the O in Wayne's World is a globe. Oh, glee. The O in four is a fondue pot. Britt points out the inconsistencies in the Will-Sue relationship. It feels like another example of glee saying, We suck! Isn't that just hilarious? Her line is so funny because it's accurate, but it reveals a sad truth about the show. Amen. The Michael Bolton thing, eh, feels like a near miss for me. I can see what they were going for, but it just didn't make me laugh. The Lonely Island really beat them to the punch with Jack Sparrow, which remains the gold standard for Michael Bolton-related comedy. And they point the camera directly down Naya Rivera's cleavage. A little gratuitous, but I'll allow it just this, this once. And maybe 50 more times. But that's it. Seriously. Did y'all see the picture of Ms. Rivera in Allure magazine? If not, just do an image search of Naya Rivera Allure. Holy cats, as they say in Michigan. And oh, there's some plot thing happening with Santana and Sam. Santana? Uh, Naya Rivera's a gorgeous woman. Yes. The mom from Family Ties has apparently divorced her wimpy husband and married either Kathy or Patty from the Patty Duke show. I'm having a nostalgic gasm. It's mainly an in-show PSA for marriage equality, which, like, who do you think your audience is, Glee? We're already on board. The people who aren't, aren't watching. Still, it's hard to hate a scene this sweet. It's true. They're really cute. So the boring truth comes out about this cat thing. You know what? I'm not going to finish that sentence or type that word ever again, except if I'm writing about seafood or Charles Bronson. Santana teleports back to Lima to counsel the wayward Brittany and winds up being no fun at all. Santana's all like sensitive and responsible and level-headed now. Oh, great. Now Brittany is sad. Who wants preachy Santana and mopey Brittany? Why isn't anyone allowed to just be an irredeemable fuck up on this show? Oh, right. This is a competition episode. Remember when those used to mean something? Now they feel obligatory. Every Will, even Will, seems to have zoned out. He says, I'd better go check on the kids as an afterthought. Like, oh, yeah, I have a horse in this race. Almost forgot. Anyway, this is just like every Glee competition competition ever. Three choirs, one of them just a silly gimmick group no one gives a fuck about, and three ugh, wacky judges. The contortionist lady is kind of cool, I guess, but I would have directed her not to smile. A grim, unsmiling contortionist is the kind of detail that stays with you for years, long after you've forgotten the rest of the episode. <laughs> no Glee, no, 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 no. You're having the rich Jagoff choir boys sing the Rainbow Connection and totally butcher it. I cannot accept this. Fast forward button, prepare to get used. And now Ryder, the violent, unstable, lonely loner is back and Will couldn't be happier. Boy, they're sure giving this not-sunshine Corazon a lot of screen time in an episode which has nothing to do with her, really. What she's selling, I ain't buying. And she needs to work on her lip-syncing, FF. Fast forward. Oh, thank you. I don't know the lingo. <laughs> Kids today. Oh, and a newly submitted, newly humbled Brittany is back. Jesus. It seems like half the choir is made up of people showing up at the last minute. Maybe Matt Rutherford will show up, too, and bring Lauren's Ices with him, plus six or seven of the trouble tones. <laughs> Yeah, don't they have, like, an, uh, a minimum for kids in the group, too? My entire life, people have always told me that I was stupid, says Brittany. I think a few of the Glee Clubbers have called her that to her face. And the show has gotten a lot of mileage out of the Brittany sure is a dumb blonde cheerleader bimbo jokes. But now, all that's forgotten. And we can pretend that Brit's always been treated with respect on the show. Which she hasn't. 
None of the New Direction songs from regionals are worth revisiting. Hall of Fame in particular just sounds like every fucking pop song of the last five years. Sure, pop music has always been formulaic, but the formula's gotten so boring lately and the music just lays there flat and lifeless. The kids of today should be listening to music that shocks and offends me, not stuff that bores the living shit out of me. We are raising the dullest generation. Somebody stop this. Ah, uh, maybe at the end of a season like this, it's not just such a swell idea to have the girls parade around the stage singing, I don't care. You don't want this to be the show that reviews itself. All or Nothing is memorably unmemorable. I can think of at least two better songs with that in the title. One was All or Nothing, and the other was All or Nothing. Me, I'm opting for nothing at this point. Results time, and the winner is Take a Wild Guess. And we get some sad, reflective Britney. She starts the episode on such an up note, too. This seems really, really similar to the scene when the Trouble Tones lost to New Directions at the same competition. And the girls thought that their season was over, so they stood on the stage staring at an empty auditorium. Remember that? But this is sweet and blessedly wordless moment for Naya and Heather. For once this week, Glee knows when to shut up. For Will and Emma's surprise wedding, and let the record show that I used a shitload of sarcastic quotes around the surprises. I hope I expressed that with my reading of it, Joe. Lee breaks out the swirly cam for the second time in one episode. There should be, be a warning that the show could cause motion sickness. Congrats on getting Nelson Mandela to officiate. <laughs> but did you have to make him say the word Wemma? Hasn't the man suffered enough? Oh, God. Yeah. No. No portmanteaus at, at weddings. Emma gets the line of the episode, and so subtle you might miss it. She describes her wedding, her ideal wedding, thusly. No music, no reception, no planning. I love, love, love the fact that she starts with no music. That's number fucking one on the agenda. It's the nicest possible way of telling these caterwauling brats, please don't ruin this by singing. Blaine holding the ring behind his bar is back. That's what you're going out on, Glee. Boo. But at least no one sang. <laughs> So that was all or not. Yeah, there was no up with people song at the end. Yeah. I was confused, which is why when the show ended, I was like, it's over. But where's what? OK, uh, that was all or nothing. And that was season four of Glee. Oh, most holy and blessed Mary, mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Did that go by slowly? Glee lost its groove somewhere around November or December. And unlike Stella, never got it back. The show spent the second half of season four mostly twiddling its, twiddling its thumbs. This season was mostly about stuff not happening. We've had the season of Rachel, the season of Kurt, the season of Finn, and now the season of nothingness and gymnastics. By the end, I couldn't even muster up enough enthusiasm to bother hating Marley. She started as a major annoyance and over time just became another non-entity. This was a season when Glee had zero calories, zero grams of fat, and zero nutrients. Where do we go from here? Here's my radical suggestion. Jump forward five years. All the actors playing the kids are at least five years older than their characters anyway. Why not just skip ahead a little and spare us the boring details? Oh, I'm daydreaming again. That's not Glee. The Glee way, the Glee way is to drag everything out until people lose interest and explain absolutely everything in excruciatingly, de excruciating detail along the way while singing Bruno Mars songs <laughs> at every available opportunity. What else can be said, ladies? I think season four was mostly a bust. The weakest year the series has been. One or two pretty good episodes, a few more infuriating ones, and a whole bunch that were slightly below average filler. Well, at least I got through this email without using the word waffle toots. <laughs> Shit, Joe. And, of course, he gives us a P.S., which is he didn't think we were going to end without a song. After careful consideration, I've decided that this song best describes the episode and the season. And Erica will drop that in at the end of the episode when we will find out what it is. I shall. Okay. Thank you, Joe. We know it's it's a rough one. Um, waffle toots. Waffle toots. I'm gonna start using that as a. I feel like waffle toots is a great word for farting. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, okay, so we have three lists. We have three lists. Yes, we um, do. I will read 
Brianne's list. Go for Season it. Season four top songs. I only brought songs from the breakup episode. I only bought songs from the breakup episode this season, so I knew my list would be heavy in those songs. Here are my top six of the season. Six, You're All I Need to Get By, sung by Jake and Marley. This was the only time I felt like they were likable this entire season, so kudos to them. Five, Mine, sung by Santana. She was breaking up with Britney, and it was beautiful. That was a pretty song. Four, Getting Married Today, sung by Mercedes, Will, and Emma. I thought Emma did a wonderful Mm -hmm. job, and it was perfect for her leaving the wedding. Amen. Three, Cold-Hearted Snakes, sung by Santana. I enjoyed the choreography. Santana always delivers, and this was one of my childhood faves. Two, Give Your Heart a Break, sung by Rachel and Brody. I just love the different arrangement. I sing, it to, I sing to it in my car all the time. And one, Teenage Dreams, yeah. sung by Blaine. Gut-wrenching, slowed-down version of the in the breakup. I love Blaine and everything he does. I'm not going to bother with the bottom six because I'd, because I'd <laughs> say I hate the majority of the rest of the season. So there's my list, Brianne. Good choices. Yes, Especially your Brienne. number one choice. Um, I'll read Mina and give you a break since you read two long ones in a row. Okay. Um, this one is best songs of season four, the condensed version from Mina. Hello all. Hopefully I'm not too late with this. Clearly Definitely not. not. Yeah. <laughs> We're I'm not. quite excited to be contributing for the first time to the top song podcast. Yeah. I took my responsibility very seriously as a dedicated, although increasingly angry glee watcher. I felt I should make my song selections with the dedication. They probably do not deserve <laughs> and consider each song in each episode. I only skip the breakup, which I'll never watch again. And the Christmas episode. Interesting. And aside, I certainly don't listen to every song in every episode. I certainly didn't listen to every song in every episode, but I reminded myself of what they were. I'm not that dedicated to re-listen to songs I couldn't stand the first time around. (laughs) I tended to think of songs in terms of categories and selected favorites within particular categories as I went along. However, this method resulted in a few dozen songs in many categories. Mm. Being a reasonable person, I decided to narrow my submission to you to my very few ultimate favorites, excuse me, that I always want to listen to. I will post my entire list on the Facebook page at a later time. <coughs> Excuse me, there's something in my throat. For my absolute top favorites, I only selected four. In no particular order, Some Nights, my favorite sappy group number. I love Joe in the song. Being Alive, one of Kurt's best, of I course. God about that one. Just Damn. <laughs> Honorable mention, Being Alive. Just Can't Get Enough, the only truly happy, clean song mm. in the season, so I have to select this. And it's time, my top Blaine song, as usual with Blaine songs. I prefer this version to the original. Do I know that one? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't either. We'll look it up. Okay. And just a few general comments about the singers this season. The characters who I wish would sing more, and I loved everything they did, were Artie and Joe. Hmm. Both underused, in my opinion. Of the girls, the only singer I enjoyed this year was Unique, perhaps oddly. I've always liked New York, Unique a bit more than Emily and Erica. Not hard to do, I know. Well, I'm curious <laughs> if Mina watched the Glee Project, because that's why I hated yeah, that's why him I or too. her, because I just thought he was a jerk on that show. But, but I do think it is the performances where Alex really shines. Mm-hmm. Of, the females, of the student female characters, Unique is actually my favorite overall. Perhaps that just says something about the yeah. other characters. That is all for me. Thanks for allowing me to share, ladies. Until next, hopefully better season, <laughs> Mina. Thanks, Mina. Thank I would agree that um, as much as I can't stand Unique's acting, uh, when Unique is actually performing musically, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, and it was the same for the Glee Project. I always said that. I just <laughs> thought Alex, um, the actor, just kind of seemed like a jerk and was annoying and was very theater kitty. Yeah. But when he would sing, it was like, well, fuck, he's good. Mm-hmm. All right, and last but not least, we've got Joe's, the best and the worst and the other worst of Glee season four. Hi and Lois. 
One last bit of business before I vanquish this wretched season from my memory bank. It's time once again to weigh on the best and worst of Lee's many, many, many songs from this year. As I was looking over the season, I realized there were simply too many lowlights for a single bottom six list. So with your kind indulgence, I will do two of those. <laughs> One just for Marley's songs and the other for everyone else's. And oh yeah, there's a top six too. Since no one cares about that, let's get it done and out of the way as quickly as possible. Before we go any further, I should tell you that I don't listen to these songs outside of the context of the show. So my opinions are heavily based on how these musical numbers fit into their respective episodes. In other words, I may not be judging these songs solely on musical merit. This year, I was the same. In the past years, I've downloaded a lot of Glee songs. This year, there were none nope. that I downloaded. All right, top six from Glee, season four. Number six, Tell Him by Marley Rose, The New Directions from Sadie Hawkins. Just to show I am not unreasonable in my distaste for Miss Rose, I thought I'd shed a little light on this charming girl group number from a largely forgettable mid-season episode. I agree. That was when they did it very 60s. Mm -hmm. and it was very cute, and they was all dancing. Number five, White Christmas, Blaine and Kurt, Glee, actually. Nothing fancy here, just a cute, upbeat version of a song which is often sung like a funeral dirge. And they're ice skating, too. Number four, Being Good Isn't Good Enough from Rachel for so Swan Song. What can I say? I got choked up during this, and for about a week or so, I was beginning to, beginning to feel optimism about season four. I was misguided, but that doesn't stop this from being a great scene. Number three, Getting Married Today, Emma with Will and Mercedes from I Do. Jayma Mays doesn't get too many musical numbers thrown her way, but they just picked a perfect one for her personality and voice this time, and it was staged and filmed with gusto. Also, for this one scene, they remembered that it gets cold and snowy in Ohio during the winter. Number two, A Pair of Emotional Ballads by Blaine, Against All Odds from Guilty Pleasures and Teenage Dream from The Breakup. Whatever you do, Glee, hold on to Darren Chris. Number one, You're All the World to Me by Will and Emma from Girls and Boys on Film. It's a weird, weird year when Will and Emma songs are number one and three on my top six list. This was cool as crap and classy as all fuck. For my money, there was nothing better this year than seeing Matthew Morrison and Jamie Mays walking all over the walls and ceilings of that nice hotel room. It's Fred Astaire meets Lionel Richie meets, meets Inception. <laughs> Honorable mentions, I wish, Little Girls, I Only Have Eyes for You, There Are Worse Things I Could Do, Three, Three was cute, I like Three. Mm -hmm. Give Me More, Celebrity Skin, Being Alive, Don't Dream It's Over, and What the Heck, Let's Have a Kiki Turkey Lurkey Time. Plus a special shout out to the New Directions kids for not singing during Will and Emma's wedding. I'm surprised nobody else put Kiki on there. Yeah. I really thought that would be more popular. But enough with the compliments. Let's get to the good stuff, by which I mean the bad stuff. Bottom six songs from Glee season four. Number six, At the Ballet, Rachel Kurt Santana and SJP from Lights Out. There was a great many miscalculations during season four, both musical and otherwise, but few as baffling as this long, pretentious, irrelevant, and ultimately silly production number. They must have some, they must have really thought they had something. They didn't. Amen. Number five, Baby Got Back, Adam and Adam's Apples from Sadie Hawkins. I was already starting to sour on this song because white people like it too much, but this was the clincher. The story behind this was a particular arrangement was ugly. Oh, right, because of the whole they stole the arrangement. But the Adam's Apple's outfits were even uglier. I was embarrassed for everyone involved. Number four, Look at Me, I'm Sandra D by Kitty from Greece. Gleese. I refuse to say Gleese because I hate it. This was one of the many awful songs from what was, in my opinion, the most brain-dead episode of the season. Glee did nothing with the songs from Greece other than recreate the arrangements, costuming, sets, and choreography from the movie. Except for there are worse things I could do. This isn't reinvention, it's regurgitation. I picked Sandra D because it was the most shrill and annoying of the bunch, but Beauty School Dropout, which was my pick, and Grease Lightning were just as bad in their own way. Spankings all around for this one. Yeah, and I, as Emily, personally for me, that's why there were worst things I could do stood out so much, because it was the one song that they attempted to do something with. 
Number three, Rainbow Connection by the Waffle Toots from All or Nothing. I never thought that this song would inspire White Hot Rage in me, but Glee managed to do it. By the way, Willie Nelson does a fantastic job with this song. So do Me First and the Gimme Gimmes. But this thing was an abomination in the all-seeing ping-pong ball eyes of the one true god, Kermit the Frog. We'll move on. <laughs> Rachel, uh, I just called you Rachel. Why did I call you Rachel? I don't know why you called me Rachel. Erica has nothing to say about that. Number two, Creep by Rachel and Brody from Guilty Pleasures. I totally don't agree with this one. Some people said Glee should never, ever, 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 ever try to do a Radiohead song. Those people were right. Poor Leia really committed to this, which made it worse. Thanks, like, It was Joe. so weird. And number one, High Five Joe, Gangnam Style by Tina and the New Directions from Thanksgiving. The only real sign of restraint here was that they didn't actually play a gong when Tina took the <laughs> stage. I bet if you go back and listen to it, they probably did. Other than that, this was the equivalent of a minstrel show. Sometimes I think Lee is some sick experiment to break the will of Jenna Ushkowitz or to see how much humiliation she can withstand. I agree. I agree. Dishonorable mentions, and believe me, there are plenty. Centerfold slash hot in here. Oops, I did it again. Signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. I agree. Hall of Fame, we will rock you. Everybody hurts. Frida Romero's screechy national anthem. Wannabe next to me with the unwelcome return of Shelby. I still believe slash super bass unchained melody. Remember, Jake and Ryder were both singing this to Marley. In your eyes, shout American Americano slash dance again. Call me baby. A change would do you good. And that stupid Mennonite medley from the Thanksgiving show. And you think we've scraped the bottom of the barrel? Oh, no. No, indeed. Because it's time for the dreaded all Marley bottom six. Number six, Chasing Pavements by Marley from the new Rachel, the shitstorm that started it all. <laughs> Number five, Crazy slash You Drive Me Crazy by Marley and Jake from Brittany 2.0. The mashups have really gotten bad this year, but perhaps none were worse than this pitiful example, a song which had me longing for the McKinley bleachers to collapse. Number four, You Have More Friends Than You Know by Marley and the New Directions from Sweet Dreams. The first and arguably worst of Marley's self-penned musical abortions. <laughs> this wouldn't pass muster at a Hallmark greeting card. Number three, Look at Me, I'm Sandra D. The reprise by Marley from G-L-E-A-S-E, as I'm going to call it from now on. As if Kitty's version weren't bad enough, they dredged this thing back up so that Marley could do it as a ballad, Barf City. Number two, A Thousand Years by Marley and Jake from Naked. Well, at least this snoozathon was accurately named. Number one, The First Noel from Marley from Glee, actually. The Christmas show had a few potentially interesting stories it could have followed, but in the end, they dropped everything else and devoted the show to its worst character so that she could do insufferable things like sing this song. Dishonorable mentions. Marley's two other crummy originals, All or Nothing and Outcast, plus her excruciating duet with Wade, Blow Me One Last Kiss, and pretty much every time she said a line of dialogue or made a dumb face. You know what? That was cleansing. This was healing. I feel better now that I've gotten all this venom out of my system. And now, ladies, it's time for the three sweetest words in the <laughs> English language. Glee's on hiatus. Catch you when season five rolls around. And when step up four DVD hits Emily's house. Yes. Yes. And Erica's as well. Yes. Uh, Joe, so, as always, thank you. Thank you. Thank that's, you. That's the wrap. That is a, a wrap. wrap, guys. It's done. We're, we're moving on. Bigger moving on to pastures. bigger and better things. We started bigger talking pastures. today about more um, suggestions of movies that yep. we're interested in. Had brunch with some friends. Had some good suggestions. Yeah, they gave us some good ideas. And people, come to our Facebook page. If there are musical movies that you would like us to talk about, share them on the Facebook
Facebook page. Or movies with fast cars and jacked men. Yes, because we're also thinking, why not do the Fast and Furious? Because I'm determined to make Emily watch them because I'm obsessed with them. Because I've only seen the first one, which to me was just a bad remake of Point Break. I would rather watch Point Break. It was pretty bad. Oh, Uh, you realize I'm going to make you watch it again so we could cover it. I know, but I love the first one. You can I watch, watch it? the first step up? That's fair. <laughs> can I watch it side by side with Point Break the entire time and like draw really like a to. chart to compare them? Okay. Perhaps. Okay. So look for those things coming in the future. As always, you can reach us at gleecast at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments. Um, we are working on releasing our entire catalog on the feeds. Yes. Um, there's a possibility there might be a feed change, but this will still come out on the normal feed. Um, and we'll keep you apprised of anything over on the Facebook page. That's the best place yes. to get information and get in touch with us. Um, so keep an eye out for announcements and changes changes over there. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stay cool. We'll out talk there. to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Nothing
church and Times Square All a lot of nothing, 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 nothing Stevenson, nothing, a Humphrey, nothing Avero, Harriman, nothing John Stewart, Miller, Nil, Nil Franklin, Delano, nothing Carlos Marx, nothing, Engels, nothing, Bakun and Kropotkin, nothing, Leon Trotsky, lots of nothing, Stalin, less than nothing, 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 lots and lots of nothing, 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 nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing,